What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, but wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen. It's free on all platforms, available every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, Summer League. First impressions from the Blazers' first two Summer League games. I guess that's first impressions and then second impressions. But since you're listening to Monday, July 10th show, the Blazers played Friday and Sunday. First impressions from two games. I want to talk about Scoot. Saw 21 very fun minutes before he left. I want to talk about Shaden Sharp, who has struggled in the last uh, three halves of basketball he's played in Vegas. And everybody else. Jabari Walker, Ibubaji. Uh, Ryan Rupert, Chris Chris Murray. We'll talk about the whole gang, but let's let's start with Scoot before we get into anyone else. Blazer fans needed this. They did. You did. You did, dear listener. They needed Scoot to show up and ball and look like an NBA player and uh, and someone who's who's going to be a very good player in the league. And Scoot delivered. Made his first shot. You know, like a twenty foot mid ranger. And got going. His pace and feel in the pick and roll is exactly what you would if you are saying if you are sort of crafting that modern NBA point guard. I mean, maybe you'd want them to be able to splash three pointers at will, and maybe Scoot will become that at some points. But his ability to take the screen, get where he wants to go, either you know draw draw a switch because he kind of drags it out with the dribble or attack his man quickly and when if they were going under um to eat up that space and get a little bit closer to read defensive help to to dance 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 and then drive to get into the paint and then spray the ball out over all over the court where uh, when help defenders came like his feel and pace in the pick and roll is really good it's really good and he showed it right away. Right away. It was like early on, the first, you know, six minutes of Scoot, it was like, okay, okay. Like he can, you know, he he can he really knows what he's doing here. And he's and he's he's like he's already at this level, you know, the summer league level. I don't even know what the summer league level is. Like is is summer league better than the highest the best G League teams? Probably not. But it's it, but it might be, but it might be some some summer league teams definitely would run the G League. Um hard hard to know. But like this this like level of pro ball like all professional professional basketball players like he he is he was immediately clearly the one of the best player if not straight up the best player on the court he was great i think maybe he took a couple too many tough mid-rangers but that's really just picking nits like that's nitpicking um his vision is really special i think one of the things that uh, I I noted, um, I literally wrote it in my notebook. Um, <laughs> one of the things I noted was that a better screener would would open him would open up his game so much. Um, he just he could use um, someone to set a little bit firmer screens than he was getting, and someone to be a little bit more of a threat as a roller on those screens. If he had someone crashing hard to the rim, like a like an above the rim type of Clint Capella E. Mitchell Robinson, like one of those just guys who like don't have a lot of other offense, but just like set a screen, roll hard, finish above the finish above the rim. Gosh, would he be good? If you had somebody he could pick a pop with, ooh man. Give him a pick and roll partner that can really play. Even give him use of friggin' Nurkic, who sets really hard screens and you can run dribble handoffs with because he could pass um pretty well um and has a willingness to shoot, although he's maybe not like a floor true floor spacer yet, but um like Scoot's gonna be 
really good with it with a better pick and roll partner because he already can get where he wants to go and he already sees the floor well like his i'm telling you that that the sort of the pace the slow slow fast 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 slow pace of of his um of his pick and roll pick and roll operations immediately is like yep dude is a pro dude knows how to certainly can do can do that the problem with the scoot experience is that we didn't get enough of it Early in the third quarter, after he'd played 21 minutes, he went up for a dunk. His teammate, Jabari Walker, came down on his right shoulder. And Scoot, um, they didn't even show it on the broadcast. I took, like, a lot of internet sleuthing for me to learn. And then he, uh, Scoot, spoke to reporters uh, on Sunday and explained what happened. But um, So shout-out to the people on the ground in Vegas who made this, uh, gave us the details that we're looking for. Um, but, like, on the broadcast, they were... Um, they were chatting with Ima Yudoka. It was the they play, the Blazers played the Rockets in their opening game of, of summer league and found a way to lose magical loss with the Blazers like it just like invented a way to lose that game at the end despite like clearly should have won the game with a minute left but hey anything is possible in Vegas but early in that third quarter they're interviewing Ima Yudoka and um, they just like don't they, nobody knew he was hurt he went to the bench and he kind of just like headed to the back and the, and the, and Blazers trainer went with him and then he was ruled out and it was like. What, when did he get hurt? Wasn't mentioned on TV, like just like totally unclear, but he is officially listed as day to day. Why would he play again? Why would Scoot Anderson play a single extra minute in Vegas? You know why he would play? Because I want to watch him and you probably do too. But if you're the Portland Trailblazers, why would Scoot Anderson play another minute in Vegas? I believe his week is done after 21 minutes. In some ways, a rite of passage after... Shaden Sharp played six minutes in summer league and then um, and and then his week was done and, and Sharp didn't have to have surgery or anything on the shoulder injury. He was fine. Um, it sounds like just Scoot's injury is not that big of a deal. Um, you know, he wasn't in a, multiple reporters indicated he wasn't in like a sling or anything after the after afterwards in his interview. He wasn't wearing anything protective. If he's listed as day to day, that's like. Yeah, he could play. He's not going to, but he could play conceivably. He didn't play in Sunday's game. I can't imagine he plays again. Um, you needed this. Like you needed just an exhale of being like, okay, who knows what's going to happen with this team over the next month or then even the next two years, quite frankly. But Scoot looks like a guy who's who's going to be a very good player. It's 21 minutes of summer league. It's literally one game. He's going to like... Life is filled with with lumps and bruises, so he's not going to be perfect. But like, you wanted to see Scoot. Okay, this is this. Uh, I think generational is like a word that is just chronically overused. Uh, but a special prospect, right? Like this guy could be a you know has has all NBA type potential as a prospect, a very very good one. And then he plays twenty one minutes. And it's like, yeah, he's a very very good one. Like you can just see it. You can see the skills. If the jump shot continues to improve, um, if he you know gets to the rim a little bit more and cuts out maybe like a mid-range jump shot for a trip to the free throw line, he's going to be really good. Um, I'm not going to do too much box score stuff from Vegas. That's not really my thing. I think the box score can be meaningful if you watch Scoot's minutes. Uh, it can be meaningful, but it's not particularly meaningful for me, I would say. So I'm going to mostly eschew the box score stuff. Uh, he was 5 of 13 from the floor in his 21 minutes. But if you watched him play, you could see that the, the all of the outlines of this dude can really bring it, and, and particularly as a pick-and-roll operator, can really bring it. 
Um, it, it was all there for you. And then when he left, the Blazers didn't have a point guard to like to play, and they struggled and blew the game against the Rockets. Um, they lost their first game in Vegas last year and won the championship. Still possible. Day-to-day, though, for Shaden Sharp, or for uh, Scoot Henderson, I believe the next time we'll see him in a Blazers uniform is like at FanFest or whatever. Uh, I guess FanFest is later now. It'll be at... Um, It'll be in videos that they release that my man Tristan shoots and they release from uh, from training camp. I can't imagine he plays in Vegas again, but uh, I hope he does. Okay, let's talk about everyone else, including Shaden Sharp, who I just um, who I just name dropped accidentally there. But before we do that, I want to tell you, dear listener, about Ibotta. Look, it's summertime, and maybe you're gearing up for a trip that you've been planning, a little vacation you're going to tra- take, but you're kind of dreading buying all the necessities you need before you head out. So why not? instead of just spending that hard-earned money and not earning anything, anything back for it, why don't you check out Ibotta? Because it gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use that cash back to buy a flight you've been eyeing, that, or get tickets to the game that you've been dying to go to, or go out to a fancy dinner. Other apps are going to give you points that don't amount to much. Ibotta, you get real cash. And you can put that in your bank account. You can get that sent to PayPal. You can get that in the form of a gift card. And you can earn cash back of hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. So right now, Ibotta is offering my listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Go to the App Store or Google Play, download the free Ibotta app, and use the code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store, and use that code LOCKED. All right. Talk Scoot. Man, 21 minutes. 21 minutes that the Blazers fan base desperately needed. He looks like he's going to be a player. Shaden Sharp looked really good. We're going to talk about everybody else now. Shaden Sharp looked really good with Scoot on the floor. Looked like a tandem that could work, playing off the ball. I thought I thought Sharp was, um, you know, shooting it pretty well. And, um... And just like, you know, starting to show what what makes him so special. He had a crazy highlight dunk in game one. Then Scoot left. And I thought the end of the first game, Shaden looked exhausted. I thought he just looked tired. Like I, he played a ton of minutes and they played him at the end of the game and it was close. So they kept him out on the floor. Um, but he just looked exhausted. He was settling for a bunch of jumpers. Um, he was like not attacking. He's not getting two feet in the paint, not even getting two feet inside the three-point line. It wasn't just the jump shots. It was like the, okay, catch it with six, dribble, 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 sidestep three. Like he just, he looked tired. He looked tired. Um, you know, he had, probably hadn't played a game in that many minutes in a while. Um, you cannot simulate it really in practice. It's, it's hard, but he looked gassed at the end of game one. But like, whatever, it's Vegas. Um, and they really miss Scoot. Like they just didn't have someone to get their, get them in order. Like they were just really missing that skill set. And as much as Shaden has taken steps in that direction, um, he's not that yet. He's a, he's a slasher shooter type. And when he was asked to, when he was, you know, given the like sort of some primary responsibilities, he just, he struggled a little bit. And then he was just straight up bad in game two. Uh, misses first nine shots, just as bad. Um, it, it happens. Um, I, I, in general, I don't. I'm not interested in overreacting to two games in Vegas, but I will say that 
at the all of the minutes that Sharp has played without Scoot Henderson, he has looked bad. That's not like the only reason he's struggling. Dude missed two. He missed a fast break, wide open dunk where he got a little too saucy in game one. He just straight lost the ball. And when he got a little less saucy, but still some sauce in game two on a fast break dunk, he's just missing everything around the rim. His jumper wasn't going. Um, I, this was... He just played bad. I mean, sometimes sometimes you play poorly. That's like that. that that's that. My big takeaway is that he struggled. Period. And you watched it. Um, I think one of the things that 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 uh, Shaden could do to make life easier is that um, he he keeps catching and then surveying. So he'll get it on the wing and he'll catch, get into triple threat or just stand up straight because he plays a little upright sometimes. But like catch it on the wing with a little bit of space or not even with that maybe doesn't have space but catch it and then look and then okay here comes the screen i'm gonna go he's so fast and so explosive catch and go like catch on the move i think there's like a scout term for those like explosion catches and that might be what it's called might be something else but like catch it and go catch it so your guy can't get set triple threat is dead triple threat is from the first part of the 21st century uh when i when i was in high school we're not nobody's nobody needs to see you catch and like get into triple threat now go attack off the catch um that'll help him a bunch i think he's just moving it's like he's he's catch and survey and he's like catch and attack catch absolutely catch and attack and just like either shoot it which which you know you're a good shooter shoot it or catch it and and keep that advantage i think that's a quinn snyder thing it's like don't don't um he was big on that with the jazz like don't lose that advantage so like keep it moving keep that flow moving i think that's really hurting uh shaden's game a little bit right now uh i will say this i think shaden sharp's playmaking which he basically like never passed early in his his career and then those last 10 games when he got the ball in his hands when during the Blazers Tankarama his his playmaking was a, was better like he's still not like this like elite playmaker it's, it's just like not his skill set but it really was he had some uh moments in the that 10 game stretch where I was like I didn't know he could make passes like that I didn't know he saw passes like that and I think that's continued a little bit in Vegas a lot of it is the same pass it's like Drive hard, get cut off, pivot back, hang in the air, find either a guy cutting baseline or a guy, or kick out to the top of the key. But I don't really, I'm not too worried that he doesn't have a lot of like passing variety in his game. Like that's not, um, that's not something I'm going to worry too much about. But um, I think it's like he drive hard, get caught by the defense and he can like rise up and make plays in the once he's in the air cuz he's such a good passer or he'll just like sees people fill in where he just drove from and makes that pass. He's made that he made that pass probably 5 times on Sunday's game when the uh when the Blazers held on to beat the San Antonio Spurs. One and one baby in Summer League. Um and I think his playmaking um it, it has consistently gotten better. It's not like um he's not this like crazy whipping passes all over the court passer but he is a guy who has every time I've watched him from, you know, someone who I just straight up didn't know uh, very well. And when he first got into the league to now, it's like he can he can he has improved dramatically, dramatically as a passer. Some other guys, some other notes from uh, some from roster players. Jabari Walker plays really hard. You, 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 you really like him. Like he knows where to be on defense. He knows where to be on offense. He's a pretty instinctual cutter. He and he plays his butt off like 
Um, he's a great crasher. In the first game, he had a couple of plays um, where he just crashed the glass and like kept the ball alive by crashing hard to the rim and making sure the crowd couldn't grab it, either smacking it back off the backboard himself or just making it a tough catch for, uh, for defenders trying to grab a defensive rebound and just keeping an offensive board alive. He has great nose as a rebounder. Like he's, he's a really, really good rebounder. And I think he has good passing instincts, but he's just not quite there with the passing ability. Like you'll see Jabari drive, stop, see the, see the cutter, and kind of make either an off-target pass or a pass that's like, oh, a beat too slow. But good passing instincts, good defensive instincts. Um, you know, he's like, uh, he was guarding Victor Wembanyama in game in game two, um, and was competitive. There was one time when a couple times when Wemby just like was seven foot five, and what are you gonna do? But Jabari's competitive. He knows where to he knows where to be. Like he's a high IQ high IQ high motor guy, like perfect role player type. Um, the rebounding is real. Like he's going to be able to rebound in the NBA. The question for him is like, what else? What else does he do? He shot it pretty well in the first two games, four of six from three. There's me dabbling back in the box score. He shot it pretty well. Um, six three-pointers in Vegas is meaningless. Um, but if he can shoot, and he couldn't in his first year, but if he can shoot, he's a, he's a, he's a guy who can play regular minutes and be a positively impactful player because at the end of his rookie season, they just stopped guarding him. They said 34, let's, let's let him shoot. And then he has space to crash and get rebounds, but it's like the, the thing he can do right now is bankable NBA skills rebound. The question for Jabari is like, what else can he do? And the best thing for like role players to be able to do in the modern league is sh- modern NBA is like, shoot it. You need to be able to like be on, be able to stand opposite the ball and be ready to punish teams with shooting. That's, that's what he needs to get there. Chris Murray, uh, 20, number 23 overall pick rookie, I don't did he like I, I barely noticed him in game two. Um, I wrote down in in, in my notebook um, again, literally, literally wrote it down in the notebook. I'll hold it up for you. Um, at, like I I didn't notice him. I don't. It's like I know he played. I checked the box score. He played. Um, he just he wasn't loud. His game needs to be louder, and he needs to not too dissimilar from Jabari Walker, right? Like he needs to make plays as like a a dude who gets his gets his nose in there and 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 like does hustle stuff. Um, he made shots as a spacer in game one, uh, and then without that elite point guard play, without elite for, Scoot might be an elite point guard at one point in the NBA, I'm talking elite in Vegas, elite summer league point guard play from Scoot Anderson, he was less impactful, um, because the Blazers just didn't have, like, someone driving and spraying the ball over the court and, like, taking advantage of guys spacing and cutting and all of those things. Um, Chris Murray, I'd just love to see him do more. I don't think it's a big deal if, like, even at 23, if he's, like, um, struggles to figure out how he fits in an NBA rotation at first. Like that's normal. That's like, you kind of just figuring it out. I don't think like playing relatively limited minutes in Vegas is like the best way for him to figure it out. But yeah, I hope the rest of the week he gets to do a little bit more. Um, he was, you know, he wasn't on the court at the end of the game when the Blazers were trying to win on Sunday because he hadn't been particularly impactful and they just like, they went another direction. Uh, other, other roster guys before we, uh, we move on. Actually, let's, let's, let's take a quick break. I got more thoughts on Abu Baji or Ibu Baji, Ryan Rupert and John Butler Jr. Plus a couple guys that are not on the roster. That's what we'll do to close the show. Join me in that third segment, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. Baji. People were excited about Baji. He's big. He's intriguing. And uh, Blazers two-way player. Played, you know, was on a two-way contract last year. Did not play it a single minute for the Blazers. Resigned this summer on a second two-way deal. And he just looks raw. Like, he's just not an NBA player. Um, 
he's he's really slow and mechanical on offense. Um, like I, I I don't. I mentioned the rim rolling stuff with Scoot Henderson. If Baji could just roll to the rim and finish at eleven feet, like if he could just run to the rim and throw him a lob, like with with some coordination, like he would have scored six easy points. Like he would have got three easy dunks. But he doesn't roll to the rim like with sort of fluidity. He doesn't look for the look for that um, vertical spacing. He doesn't have the fluidity just to like take two steps and rise up. Um, they tried to throw him a lob at the end of the game one, and he wasn't ready for it. It was a outrageous pass to throw with under six seconds left and a lead, but the Blazers had to invent a way to lose, and they absolutely did that in the first game. We won't get too much into it, but like Baji's just, he's not an NBA player right now. Too slow vertically to be impactful. You can see the stuff like when he's around the rim and guys aren't like coming at him and he doesn't have to move vertically, like he can block shots because he's big and can stand in the way and like understands how to um, use his size a little bit. But he's just too slow to like too slow, particularly um, laterally um, to, to like be impactful. And he just doesn't have it on offense. He's not an NBA player right now. Um, he's a project. And you hope that he can get some more seasoning and play a whole bunch for the Rip City remix and et cetera, et cetera, and like find himself. Um, you know, that's why like the value of the Blazers getting a G League team and having a guy like Ibubaji on the roster. It's like, go let him play a bunch, figure it out, get him a bunch of minutes in your system, all that. Let him to play. Let him play with Jimmy Mo and at, at um, for the Rip City Remix. That's Jim Moran, their head coach. And like, yeah, it's um, he's not an NBA player, and they got that's why he's on a two way contract. The other uh, two way guy, John Butler Jr. Um, he's like he's just a small forward. He happens to be seven feet tall, but he's just like a small forward. Um, I've seen him called a bunch a center in the media. He's absolutely not that. You would all you got to do is watch him play for three minutes, and you, you can figure out he's not a center. He's a three-four, like he's just a forward in the NBA right now. Um, his combination of size—he's a true seven-footer and shooting—he can shoot it—is really intriguing. But I don't know who he guards in the NBA. Um, I, I like the way he cut a little bit. He had a really nice pass in game one. He didn't play very much in game two, but like he has some skills. Like he's intriguing. I I am like. Every time he plays, I'm like, this skinny dude's fun. Like, let's see what he can do. Um, but he's like, a, he's just a weird, weird fit on NBA rosters. Seven feet tall and can shoot it is like perfect two-way guy. It's like, I don't know how he plays. I don't know who he guards. Like, I don't know how he gets on the court. And I don't know who he guards because that's why he can't get on the court. But like, those are undeniable. You're seven feet tall and you can shoot. Get him in the incubator, figure out what he can do. I don't think he's an NBA player either. Speaking of a dude who's an NBA, like yet, yet, but Butler has some intriguing parts. Speaking of someone who's not an NBA, going to be an NBA player this season, uh, Ryan Rupert, he does have um, the rookie the second round pick. You know, he's a teenager um, who was drafted in the second round. Those dudes aren't supposed to be NBA players. If they are, boy, did you hit it. Like, boy, did you hit a draft pick. He's just really raw. His handle is so rough. He's like leaving the ball behind him and losing it or like having to look down. And so he's driving right into a defender's chest. Um, I thought he was way, 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 way better in game two than he was in game one. But he wasn't like he was really good in game two. He was just like bad capital B in game one. But the intrigue is there. Like He's so long. He's so much bigger, just like filled out wise. I thought he was going to be skinnier from the little bit of like, I watched you know, like eight minutes of him on YouTube or whatever, maybe 11 minutes on YouTube uh, after they drafted him. But he just, he's like more filled out than I thought he would be. And he's really got really long arms, like super, super long arms. They're basically playing him as a wing. Like I think he was advertised as a guard. They're playing him as a wing. Um, he's just super raw. Like you, 
hopefully again minutes in the G League and he gets there. Um, but like he's not going to be an impactful NBA player this season. I guess if the Blazers are like super young, like worst record in the NBA type team, then Baji and Rupert and and Butler Jr. Um, can play. No problem. No problem. Like get them on the court. Let them figure it out. But um, if they're trying to be like somewhat competitive, I can't imagine those guys play in till at least the calendar flips to 2024 because they they just need uh, more seasoning. Butler could a little bit because of um, he's not like totally lost out there. He's just like, I don't, again, I still don't know who he's going to guard. Of the non-roster guys, I guess Nate Williams is technically on the on the Blazers roster. He has a guarantee date later this summer, the end of July. Um, that's Jonathan Williams, Nate Williams. It's pretty clearly, he's not part of the plan. He's not really playing really much in summer league. Um, he's barely played in either of the first two games. Not a good sign for someone um, on the uh, like to be part of the plan in on the NBA roster in the future. Um, you know, I bet he ends up on the G League team. That would be my guess is where is where is where Nate Williams ends up. Um, but like he's pretty pretty clearly will end up getting waived when his contracts. Um, uh, that's not me reporting. That's reading the tea leaves from two D, uh, from two G League games. But pretty clearly he's not not part of the plan. So he's he's very likely to end up as a G Leaguer. Speaking of the G League. Michael DeVoe, who started at point guard in place of Scoot Henderson in game one, he's on the Rip City Remix roster, the first version of the roster that they, after the expansion draft that they released. Um, dude's a bucket. He was a bucket in college. Um, you know, was an all-ACC all player at Georgia Tech. Like, dude's a bucket. Um, could score at the collegiate level. Could really score on Sunday against the San Antonio Spurs. Shot huge three to keep the Blazers um in the lead and improve them to one-on-one to keep their title hopes alive. Duke lefty who can absolutely score. Um, he can get to the rim. He can really shoot. They played him at point guard. He's, he's not that he's not that, but he is a dude who can score in the league. Um, and that seems like really fun. If he's on the blazers, if he ends up on the blazers final G league roster, like he is right now. And you can assume he could be, he's going to kill it in the G like he's going to be great. Um, so get your tickets. He's going to be a mixer for, for the rip city remix, uh, out there at child center in North Portland at the university of Portland. So yeah, go see Michael DeVoe play like, um, cause he's, he's going, he's going to be really good. Uh, the other non roster guys do up reef, um, playing professionally in Australia, he was the Blazers' best center by a lot. Like, he was better. He was significantly better than Baji. Um, just has more stuff he can do on offense. To, just, like, totally understands how to play basketball at a higher level than, than Baji does right now. He's probably too slow laterally to be an NBA player with, like, cons- like with real consistency. But he's huge. And he can, and he's got some, you know, strength and touch around the rim and some rebounding instincts. Could he be, like, a third center or a backup center in the league? Maybe, maybe. He, I mean, he's he's big. Like he's he, by MB, even by NBA standards, he's a very big person. Um, I think he's been clearly the Blazers' best center on this on the summer league roster. Um, will that turn into anything? I I, I honestly don't know because like I don't know what their roster is going to look like. But um, Drew Brief, I, I I've liked him also. Uh, as a as a side note, uh, Scoot called him in an interview. Wop, and just said, it's, "Oh yeah, and Wop's been really good." So yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for Wop, and I, I've I've enjoyed him a little bit. So the other news from 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 Vegas is um is that Keon Johnson, like a minute into his summer league, comes off the bench and immediately dislocates his index finger, and he's done for the for summer league. That stinks because this was the time for like without Scoot, this was the time for Keon to play a ton of point guard and like show, hey, I can do this, or I'm like getting better at an NBA level. Just stinks stinks um stinks for Keon because like he this is like the perfect 
the the perfect setup for him is just to be like you're a 30 minute a night point guard in summer league you have a week to play just like a, a bunch of point guard reps get your decision making a little bit better use your athleticism all those things and it just stinks that he's not going to be able to play the other news jeremy grant officially signed his contract i know that there was some speculation out there in the world that Jeremy Grant hadn't signed his contract yet, and maybe they're working some uh, some fancy sign and trade, and maybe the big move is coming. And which which team was lining up to give Jeremy Grant that fifth year and 160 million dollars? One team, your Portland Trailblazers. One team was lining up to do that. The Portland Trailblazers. No way he was ever getting um, signed and traded, signed and traded. I guess, or or is it like Surgeons General? Um, there's no way he was going to be involved in a sign and trade. It was just like his, his contract was, he was only going to get that one place. He got it one place. Congratulations to Jeremy. Get the bag. Don't apologize. Go. They'll see you at the bank. Um, but he officially signed today. Um, just as like a small side note, you know, the ownership representative that was in the room with him when he signed it, according to Blazers social media, Burt Colt, okay? Burt Colt. Uh, just uh, just throw that one in your notebook. That was who was there along with Joe Cronin and uh, and Chauncey Billups and his agents, uh, Rich Paul of Clutch Sports. Get your money, Jeremy, and shake the Blazers ownership representative is what we'll call them. Um, so Jeremy Grant signed. He's part of the plan. Matisse Thibel signed. He's part of the plan. And those two gentlemen, along with Joe Cronin and Chauncey Billups, will be in a press conference to talk about the offseason. Uh, Monday, July 10th, today, as you're listening to the show, Monday, July 10th, um, at 1230 Pacific time. Uh, it's in Vegas. I am not in Vegas, so we'll have to rely on the, the reporters on the ground. As another side note, I know I shouted them out earlier, but like I couldn't do the show without like the beat reporters who like get out there and do, do the work. Um, I really have a great deal of respect for the day-to-day -day reporters covering NBA teams. So... Um, for the Aaron Fentresses and Jason Quicks and Sean Hikins and Dan Morangs and Casey Holdalls who are like out there doing the work. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Because you make this show possible and your questions allow us all to get closer to the team. So go ahead and grill Joe Cronin tomorrow. Um, here's a mistake that Joe Cronin made. I'm just going to note this. He's already publicly acknowledged that his franchise icon has... Um, requested a trade. So he can't do the thing where he say, I can't talk about pending moves. You already talked about it, dude. I don't know why you released a statement about it. That was a weird thing to do. But now you've already acknowledged it. You've already acknowledged it. His, his agent's on the record too. Like it's real. It's like, is there any reason that Jeremy Grant and Matisse Thibel have to be at this press conference? This is a press conference about Joe Cronin and trading Damian Lillard. That's what this is about. Maybe they'll try not to make it that way, but that's what this is about. And if the reporters on the ground are worth their salt, and I believe that they are, that's what the conversation will be. So guess what tomorrow's show is? We're going to talk about what Joe Cronin said because there's going to be some news that comes out of that. We will do other stuff. The Blazers next play a game in Vegas, a next summer league game on Tuesday. So um, look, you listen to Monday's show. Look for Tuesday's show to be about the Joe Cronin presser and all of the things that went into it and the latest happenings in Vegas. We'll talk about on Wednesday's show. We'll talk about the, the third summer league game. They play again on Thursday. Five shows, five shows. Every single weekday, Monday through Friday, the only Daily Trailblazers podcast. Tell your friends about the show. We'll come back and do it tomorrow. I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.